Welcome back, everybody, to Catapult Your Business, where we help catapult businesses one question at a time. We've got a really talented client of ours with us today, actually is just getting her business off the ground in the last two years and has already seen quite a bit of success. But she's brought a really interesting question to the table today. That question is, when getting off the ground, how do we prioritize cash flow? And I know this well, so many businesses get this wrong. This is going to be an awesome conversation. So before we dig deeper into that, let me introduce you to our guest. I'm so excited to introduce you to Jordan Casalia. Yep. I got it wrong again, yep. didn't I? No, no, you got it. I did it perfect. All right, good. I didn't Great want to screw it up. So, yeah. Jordan, so glad to have you. Thanks for joining us today. And congrats so far on your success with Doghouse Real Estate Group. I know it hasn't been too long of time. But in the last 18 to 20 months, you've already grown to a team of four. You've already moved quite a bit of the needle in terms of getting this business off the ground. And I know a lot of people struggle in that early build stage, but you've been able to work through it. Yeah, I've had a lot of help. So very thankful, but we're here and we're, we're thriving. So you're doing it. What do you mean you're here? You're, yeah. you're, you're doing it. You're crushing it. And I know from what, I, what you've been able to share with me, like the whole quality piece and really building a business that's autonomous and hands-off is super important to you. And real estate's obviously a great, can be a great business. We'll talk a little more about that, yeah. but can be a great business to be a part of, to get some of that autonomy or some of that freedom of financials. Why'd you go into real estate? I mean, outside of the financial opportunity, but what else brought you to real estate? So I was actually in the military and bought my first home in Hawaii I've always loved to get dirty, use my hands. And so did a couple of like DIY projects, you know, I mean, pretty classic story and sold my property within 18 months of buying it because, you know, life things happened and had to, I ended up getting out of the military and leaving Hawaii. And so I was like, I don't want to handle a rental across an ocean. So ended up making six figures after 18 months of owning it. And I was like, this is insane. And then kind of fell in love with the idea of helping people change their life through real estate. Just the idea of finding purpose and and helping other people do that themselves. And yeah, it's kind of why I got into it and why I fell in love with the industry. Well, and although a boutique business, right, you're full service from the actual buying and selling side to the short-term rental right? It sounds like you're doing consulting and advising even for folks that are going after this endeavor, which is awesome. So you're living that vision you just shared, which is fantastic. And I think a lot of people can resonate that they fall into a business where they have this experience or they kind of unravel and they go, I'm going to take this to a whole other level. And you've obviously been able to do that by starting to build up a team and you've had a really good launch here. So again, congratulations on all the hard work. And I know there's only great things to come. So yeah. But thank you also for partnering with Cultivate. I know you get to work with our talented Amy Jones. Yes. I know I speak on behalf of her when I say she enjoys the conversations and what you guys are working on every day. Amy obviously has a good background in real estate, so I'm sure it's two peas in a pod in terms of where the conversation goes. So I'm really excited to see what you two come up with. But you brought this really great question around cash flow and it seems like you're trying to figure out what does this look like to build out these systems and what does this look like? What's the timing to bring on the employee? What's the timing to take on more risk and purchase more property or invest further into the portfolio itself? And so many business owners struggle with this. So many business owners struggle with this. So would love to just hear your perspective. 
what are you dealing with? Like, what's the challenge that you're working through as you try to unravel this? What would it mean if we actually could work through this today and come up with some solutions? I mean, the biggest challenge I think for me is, I'm sure most business owners is trying to scale too quickly. You know, I'm an idea person and I love coming up with different things that we can kind of tackle or different ways to achieve, you know, the same goal, but just better, whether it's for the business or the client. And as I've started this whole business journey, this entrepreneurship journey, I've realized that a lot of the things that I love doing as well, you know, in life, work-life balance, I lose because I completely dive into the business side as most business owners, right? And so for me, it's so hard to prioritize the scaling aspect of what's too quick. You know, am I going too slow? Should I be hiring someone on to still prioritize the life things or should I be taking more on? And it's that fine line, that balance. It's a really hard balance, right? I mean, you've got these tech businesses in the last decade that were raising, you know, millions and millions of dollars and shooting up. And the moment the bubble burst a bit, they all come shooting back down, right? Like there is such thing as vanity metrics and wanting to just grow a business to make it look big versus having a healthy business. And I think we can all agree that having a business that is profitably healthy or if profitability is in question, you know that it's there at a mature level, but you're in investment mode and you know why. I think the big key is being able to have control over the business. And I do think that different entrepreneurs can go at different speeds based on the industry, based on their experience, and based on their strengths. I think that will dictate the speed. So I'm not going to be able to tell you today what speed to go at, but I am going to show you the levers that you have to measure to go, that's why that's the speed I'm going to go at. And hopefully when we go through this process today, you'll come out on the other side going, all right, I can see what levers I want to pull to get to the next level and at what timing or stage that needs to be at. So I'm very excited to dig in. So the three things that I know you're probably dealing with in this space, I've already mentioned them once and a lot of people can relate to this. Do you invest more in bringing on more staff so you can get, like you said, that time back, but also go a little faster, right? I mean, the reality is, is you multiply speed with more resource. Yeah. I mean, part of that too is get time back, but also be able to invest in in other things, not necessarily outside of the industry, but short-term rentals, you know, that I do have a passion for, for that. And so that's a separate business technically altogether. It falls under the same umbrella, but definitely different. My assumption is too, though, in that space, you need a little bit of money to be able to move that faster. So it's also balancing what you're going to focus on and when so many times people, entrepreneurs, especially we're builders, right? And I know everybody listening can relate to this. We just want to keep building because it feels good, right? Like we just want to keep building. I'm guilty of it. I do it sometimes and I catch it. I'm like, what was I thinking? And we do have to remind ourselves like grow big on one or two things and you'll expand 20 times faster, right? I would take the bet on the entrepreneur is going to grow on one or two simple things And then in five years, stretch out and take all those earnings, take that resource and apply it in a different way to get additional enterprise value and scale versus the owner that's going to try to lift three or four at a time. So I do think that's one thing you've got to slow down and think about. Not rocket science, I know, but it is something you've got to, we, for some reason, as entrepreneurs, we always forget. 
Thanks for tuning in to Catapult Your Business, where Cultivate Advisors is helping you catapult your business one question at a time. Are you running your business or is your business running you? At Cultivate Advisors, they'll match you with an expert advisor and do a free two-hour deep dive for your business. This will give you the clarity you need on how to get your business to the next level. Cultivate has worked with thousands of businesses. What do you have to lose? So head over to CultivateAdvisors.com and sign up for your free two-hour session. So you have these employees that you potentially would bring on for speed, investments in the actual real estate itself, which could mean a lot for you personally down the road. Additionally, like there's also building infrastructure and technology enablement and putting systems in place that actually support the scale so you don't lose the quality standards. I think every company is dealing with that. Either they're investing in the product or service, they're investing in systemization and infrastructure, or they're investing in more employees. I think everybody's faced with that. And the biggest question I want to ask is, do you read cash flow statements monthly? And do you have a long-term future cash flow performa? I probably read them. Well, no, I'd say I read them monthly. Starting out, I did it. Okay, perfect. Well, there might not have been enough transactions really to make it worthwhile. Yeah. And so I do read them monthly now. And that is something with the housing market and the economy and everything that I think has, you know, I've just put more pressure on myself because it's like, well, there's a lot of unknowns right now and everyone has a different idea of what's going to happen. And so it's just trying to be lean, as, as lean as possible in the chances that something crazy happens again. I think we know that something crazy is going to happen. It's just when. I think a lot of people, we struggle to slow down and look at the cash flow statement to learn from historics of actually what's taking place and how is cash moving. But more importantly, people really need to look forward and actually build out cash flow performance. Anymore today, there's so many great softwares out there. For instance, since you work with us, you and Amy can get on live plan, actually hook up the financials and actually run projected and run a ton of different stress tests, scenarios. One of the fastest way I've learned where to invest in the business, and I'll, I'll give you a more specific lever in a moment, but one of the fastest way I've learned is actually just stress testing that business as much as you can. So running levers within the financial forecast to say, what happens if we do actually drop market value by X? What will that mean? How will that turn our world? What shifts? It's always a hard conversation, right? We care deeply about our teams and we want them to be paid well. But at the same point, you're going to have to prioritize the business over the team member. And so it allows you to understand where will cuts happen, why, and how will you approach it? Because you let cash flow tell you, the biggest thing I see business owners do is they go off gut or what they think seems more fun and what they want to go work on versus actually what the cash flow performa tells you. Because when you have that future performa, you can run, well, what happens if I bring on these two employees and they hit these KPIs and they hit, they grow this company? What happens? What's the bottom line do? What's cash do? Okay. What happens if I were to go invest in a property right now and make a couple assumptions? What would that look like? And then you take a 18 months, 24 month period, you look at the profitability and then in real estate, even I would argue further than that, even to say, let me go look an eight years out, nine years out. What does this actually look like based on the decisions I make today and get all of your own gut and emotion out of it and let the performer tell you what's the right strategy and the right plan. And whatever you do, keep it as simple as possible. Less is more. I would almost rather you pick one area 
or two areas of the service lines you have and go all in versus trying to lift them at the same time. Hmm. Okay. Just something I would slow down on. So as you think about this cash flow and picking this right investment, I want to talk about systems and processes. Obviously, just to help everybody listening and educate, systems and processes are really about getting something turnkey that creates guardrails while you scale. One thing I'm going to just share with you based on what we talked about was investing in scalability is important. The problem is if you do it too early, your business is going to change six or seven more times in the next several years, and it actually may be a waste of money and energy. And so surprisingly, we build systems for a living, (laughs) right? Our company, that's what we do. But I am sharing openly, like you have to be careful how much you don't want to overbuild. At the end, end of the day, right? Revenue and profit is king. So the biggest piece of advice I could offer today for everybody listening in, when you go at building systems when it's early on, the early days, only build what is absolutely necessary and only invest and build it for the next two years. Don't build a system that will sustain the next 10 years because you're going to want to change it. So only invest in tech or systems that will solve a two-year period. You're better off going back and resolving it again two years from now because you'll want to do it completely differently because of everything you learned. So for that reason, I would actually be really scrappy. I know you've got some folks that are on your team that are here kind of partially working with you, helping build out systems. I would be super adamant to get them on just the one or two things that you have to do and actually pull back from that development It's okay to be a bit more manual. In reality, it's cheaper to bring on more staff right now than it would be to overinvest in systems that would never be used again. Hmm, Okay. And that's just a unique philosophy. I wouldn't give that advice to somebody who's six years in, who's running an eight-figure business. I wouldn't give that advice. But with the stage you're in, I think you have to meet that at its core and be very careful how much you overindulge. And it's okay to expect, you know, the early folks on your team to do things a bit more manual and to create maybe a little bit more automation, you know, that kind of scrappy automation to just kind of have some checks and balances. Focus there instead. Are you getting the advice you need for your business from this episode? Do you want to get more than just one question answered and to have it customized to you and your business? Well, Cultivate Advisors works one-on-one with thousands of business owners every day. Let them help you scale your business today. Don't just listen to this episode. Take action and go to CultivateAdvisors.com to see which advisor you get matched with and receive a free two-hour business assessment on how you could scale your business to the next level. Act now at CultivateAdvisors.com. Is there a specific system or systems you're thinking about putting in your business that you're trying to measure the investment level of and like what to focus on? What's coming to mind for you right now? So the biggest thing that I need is the client care side of real estate because so many agents like they focus on the deal and they focus on prospecting initially. And then once the deal's closed, they're like, sweet. But one, that's not why I, I really got into the business. You know, I, I invest in the client and I, I truly care. But ultimately, you know, two years later, I want them to sell with me after they buy. Or if they're an investor, I want them to continue to invest with me. I want to be their agent of choice. 
So that is the side of things that I really need. Well, in my mind going into this, it was like, I need to automate that. Like, how can I make that so it's seamless? And right now, one of my employees are are taking that on. And right now it's not too difficult, but in my head, okay, you add a couple more years onto it. It's like, yeah, no, this is going to be a completely different ball game. Yeah. So don't solve. So that's the key, actually. I think that'll hopefully simplify it for you is don't try to solve three years from now. We fall into that trap. We're like, it's going to break in two years. It's like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard to say that, right? Because right. you're like, I can't believe I'm going to set this thing up to break in three years. And I know it. Yeah. But the reality is, is you will do things differently. Now, the system you're talking about, I'm going to call that more of like a win back or a resell, you know, like I'm going to use some different terms there that actually connect for multiple industries here today. But for people listening in and for yourself, what I want you to really think about, and I know what I think about is to me, that's actually not a scalable system. What I look at that is like, that's an engine. You're actually going to be building out systems that help drive an engine that invest in for days. The more of those types of elements you can be doing, the better, because it's driving back to the revenue source. And at this stage of the business, revenue equals resources. And when you run those projected cash flows, the easier and the cheaper you can get people in for a lower cost of acquisition, the faster this is going to go as far as an engine. So just be careful of more of the infrastructure for your team members to produce the work and run. But if it's going to build long-term enterprise value, meaning it drives the engine of the business at this stage, it's going to be worth that investment. Cool. But again, don't assume it's free because of the, you know, run the cost of how much time it should that you allow that employee to spend on it. One of the things that I find when I let team members go build out systems in an organization is they can just get carried away and just run and run and run and run. And you're laughing because you know you've experienced this. Yep. <laughs> uh, and most listening have been like, oh yeah, I've had that happen. If you've been an entrepreneur, you've done that to yourself before. So just make sure you're slowing down and truly measure and go, how much does it cost for this employee to work this many hours? Plug that in almost in your mind as CapEx of like, I'm investing in the company. Will I get that return? And run that through that future performance assessment. Force the ROI conversation on yourself. And don't just look at it as like, I have the resource, should I use it? Because there are other options. I don't have to keep that resource. And will that profit actually go faster by putting it somewhere else, investing in marketing or whatever else we need to do to help continue the engine growth? So just make sure you slow that down and don't just look at open capacity and look at cost of capacity. A lot of people miss that piece. Yeah. And that should ultimately help you make the right decision and the right lever to ultimately get over the line. Because again, I think the big roots that I'm hearing today is one, have that future cash flow performa, remove all your emotion, remove all your gut, plug in your three or four options of directions you can take the company, let the performa tell you the right solution. And don't be optimistic, Jordan, when you put these inputs in, be conservative, stress test the heck out of it. There could be a real estate bubble on the horizon. Run that. Run what happens and what scenarios hit. When does it break or what happens? Use that to use your risk tolerance then to choose what you're going to invest in. And again, people is really simple because you should have outputs and KPIs attached to people. Property in your case or product or service for everyone else listening should be fairly easy because you should be able to run a trail out of what that'll look like over so many years. The hard one is how do you actually value systems 
And that's where you've got to have two inputs. And I just don't want you to forget that. It's the input of the cost of the person and actually truly looking at that and running that as an opportunity cost of where could you put that money otherwise? And then the actual output that will come from that work, because it's a system going after your engine, my gut says it'll be supportive. But if it was around infrastructure, it probably won't matter in 18 months because you'll outgrow it. So just don't get lost. It's okay to let it be chaotic and actually just have open conversations with your team about it. We will build that infrastructure as we get a little larger. Right now, we don't need something that big to help us manage this. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So if people wanted to learn and a little bit more, right, if they're in the Denver area or not the Denver area, so the Colorado area, because you guys service all of Colorado or just one part of it? So we're based out of Colorado Springs, but I mean, we've done deals as far west as Leadville. We're actively serving people in Como, which is just short of Fair Play and, and Breckenridge. And then we go up to the Castle Rock area, which is, is just below Denver. And then we're, I mean, we go south as well. So we're all over. <laughs> we're all over. Awesome. We've got listeners from, you know, all over North America. But if you are in the Colorado area within the kind of the the shape there that was described, you know, definitely encourage everybody to check out Doghouse Real Estate Group. And where's the best place to find you, Jordan? Is that online? Yeah. So we're still building out our website. That should be live in the next month or so. But right now you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or you can just reach out to me personally on my personal pages. But Awesome. Well, Jordan, thanks for being bold enough to bring a question so we can help catapult businesses one question at a time. Thank you for the partnership with Cultivate. We're super excited to help you along this journey. And no matter what happens, just remember a very important, very, very important thing that I want you to hear. At this stage of the business, no one said it was going to be easy. (laughs) They just said it was going to be worth it. And just try not to forget that. And that's for everybody else listening today as well that just needs to hear that (laughs) as an entrepreneur. So... Jordan, thanks so much again for joining us. And for everybody listening in, we'll see you next time on Catapult Your Business. Goodbye now. Thanks for having me. Bye.